What's up guys, welcome back to the Sinocrates Podcast. I'm your host Roman, and in this week's review I am looking at what was one of the most controversial plays in the ancient world and what is now one of the most famous plays in the modern world, Medea by Euripides. So Euripides' Medea opens in a state of conflict. Jason's abandoned his wife Medea along with their two children in the hopes of sort of advancing his station in life by remarrying with Glauci, the daughter of Creon. Creon's the king of Corinth, the Greek city where the place said. So all the events of the play kind of proceed out of this initial dilemma and everyone I've just listed become its central characters. So right at the beginning of the play, outside the royal palace, we see a nurse lamenting the events that have led to the present crisis. After a long series of trials and adventures, which ultimately forced Jason and Medea to seek exile in Corinth, the pair had settled down and established their family, achieving a degree of fame and respectability. However, Jason's recent abandonment of that family has crushed Medea emotionally to the point where she curses her own existence as well as that of her two children. In a possible plot of revenge, Creon banishes Medea and her children from the city, but after pleading for mercy, Medea is granted one day before she must leave, during which she pl plans to complete her quest for justice, i.e. the murder of Creon, Glauchy, and her children. Jason accuses Medea of overacting and the fact that she's voiced her problems so publicly she's endangered her life and that of her own children. He claims that his decision to remarry was in everyone's best interest, but Medea ultimately disagrees with him, finds him spineless, and refuses his token of offers to help. As appearing by chance, Aegeus, king of Athens, offers Medea sanctuary in his home city in exchange for her knowledge on certain drugs that can help him produce an heir. Now guaranteed an escape finally from Corinth, Medea has cleared all the obstacles necessary in completing her revenge. Of revenge, which includes the murder of her own children. She believes that the pain their loss will cause her doesn't really outweigh the satisfaction she'll feel in making Jason suffer, which is a very controversial viewpoint. For the balance of the play, Medea engages in a sort of ruse. She pretends to sympathize with Jason, bring him into her confidence, offers his wife glauchy gifts, dresses, crowns, things like that. And then these gifts are meant to convince her to allow the children to stay in Corinth but they're actually poisoned and uh, upon delivery Glauchy touches it and dies and Creon after seeing her uh, daughter die by the poison chooses to die by his side by dramatically sort of embracing her and absorbing the poison himself. His messenger recounts the gruesome detail to these deaths which Medea absorbs with this cool attentiveness. Her earlier state of anxiety which intensified as she struggled with the decision to kill her children has now given way to an assured determination to fulfil her plans of revenge. Against the protests of the chorus, Medea murders her kids and flees the scene in a dragon-pulled chariot provided by Helios, her granddad. Jason is left cursing everybody, his hope of advancing his station by abandoning Medea and marrying Glauchy. The conflict which opened the play has been annihilated and everything he values has been lost through the deaths that conclude the tragedy. Although the play is now considered one of the great plays of ancient Greece, the Athenian audience didn't exactly react so favourably at the time and only awarded it a third place prize out of three at the Dionysia festival of, of 431 BCE, adding another disappointment to Euripides' career. This was probably due to the extensive changes Euripides made to the conventions of Greek theatre in the play, by including an indecisive chorus, by implicitly criticising Athenian society, and by showing disrespect for the gods, but also because he depicts Medea as criticising the patriarchy in which she lives in, which is something the Athenian audience definitely would not have identified with. One problem I have with the play, personally, are the two deus ex machinas within it. Deus ex machinas are sort of like the... Uh, the 
the really cheap way out getting out of something. The first is when King Aegeus shows up and provides Medea with a place to stay in Athens. And the second is when she flees the scene in a dragon pool chariot provided by her grandfather, Helios. I feel it's just this really easy sort of cop-out, and it's the kind that's also displayed in the Odyssey, just at the end when Athena, Athena provide, prevents them from fighting and brokers peace between the two sides. It's something that's really common in ancient Greek literature. The relationship between the chorus and Medea is one of the most interesting in all of Greek drama as well. The women are alternately horrified and enthralled by Medea, living vicariously through her. They both condemn her and pity her for her horrible acts, which I guess is also the reaction of a modern audience, but also sympathise with her, understanding the position she was sort of forced into by Jason and the rest of her family. The play explores many universal themes, you know, like passion and rage. Medea is a woman of extreme behaviour and emotion, and Jason's betrayal of her has transformed this passion, which used to be love for her husband, into this rage and intemperate destruction. Revenge, Medea is willing to sacrifice everything to make her revenge perfect, even if that means killing her own two children. The other, which is something common in ancient Greek literature, Medea's foreignness is actually emphasised quite a bit throughout the play, made still worse by her status as an exile. The ancient Greeks thought that anybody that really wasn't Greek or spoke Doric or Ionic was essentially barbaric, and it is also shown through the fact that Jason criticises her for being ungrateful to him for rescuing her from her homeland of cultures. Another interesting theme that's shown throughout the play is her intelligence and manipulation. Jason and Creon both try their hand at manipulation, but Medea is sort of the master of it, playing perfectly on the weakness and needs of both her enemies and her friends. She tries pleading with Creon for an extra day acting emotional, when in truth, all she needs to, uh, is the extra, all she needs the extra day for is to murder him and his daughter. She's also quite manipulative when she pretends to sympathise with Jason, offering his new wife gifts, even though it is these gifts that will eventually be her downfall. Despite this incredible inclusion of themes, we still find we still find to be entertaining today. One fault I do have is that Medea almost sort of blames Jason for having her kill her own brother and betray her homeland and father, and I kind of disagree with this in the sense that she should definitely be angry at him for forsaking her and finding a new wife. However, her decision to help Jason in his quest to find the Golden Fleece and her decision to betray her family was her decision. Medea's at fault completely for that. Jason's at fault for, mar for marrying the princess. In terms of how the play was actually performed in ancient times, uh, as in the case of most Greek tragedy, the play doesn't actually require any change of scene. Uh, it takes place throughout outside the facade of Jason's and Medea's place in Corinth. Events which occur offstage, such as the deaths of Glauci and Creon and Medea's murder of her children, are described in elaborate speeches delivered by a messenger rather than enacted before the audience. Uh, although there are virtually no stage direction in texts like these, Medea's appearance in a chariot towards the end when she's escaping by dragons uh, would probably have been achieved by a construction on the roof of the skein or suspended by McCain, a kind of crane used in ancient Greek theatres for flying and etc. People say that Medea is sort of the first works of feminism found in ancient Greek literature as it depicts her as a feminist heroine. Euripides' treatment of gender is the most sophisticated one to be found in the works of any ancient Greek writer, and Medea's opening speech to the chorus is perhaps classical Greek literature's most eloquent statement about the injustices that befall women, and if you compare that to the Oresteia, for example, with characters like Clytemnestra, they're majorly overshadowed and it shows them as these evil women but in reality, it's women that have uh, had many injustices befallen on them. 
and are sort of justified in their acts of Medea killing her family, Clytemnestra killing her husband, because everything that's happened to them. And so in the character, we actually see this woman who's suffering instead of ennobling her, as and she's sort of been made into this monster. She's fiercely proud, cunning, and very efficient, unwilling to allow her enemies any kind of victories, even going through the, the risk of killing her own kids. She sees through the false pieties and hypocritical, hypocritical values of her enemies and uses their own moral bankruptcy against them. Her revenge is total, but it comes at the cost of everything she holds dear. She murders her own children in part because she can't bear the thought of seeing them hurt by an enemy which it's up to you to see how just that is from uh, your own perspective. But for me, I don't think that was very just in saying fair enough. It would have caused Jason a lot of pain seeing his kids uh, die. But uh, at the same time, it's her own kids as well. Jason, on the other hand, is actually depicted as this condescending, opportunistic and unscrupulous man full of self-deception and this repugnant smugness. The other main characters, a male character, sorry, Creon and Aegeus are also sort of depicted as, well, Aegeus isn't depicted too much as weak, he's more kind, sort of, and I think that part of that is because it, the play was depicted at the city Dionysia, which obviously took place at Athens, and so they wanted to sort of pay a bit of respect towards one of its mythological founders. But uh, Creon definitely is depicted <clears throat> as a bit weak and fearful, with very few positive traits to speak of. I think it's also interesting to look at what to her murder of his sons are actually symbolic of. I mean, first, the boys are a pretty clear representation of Medea and Jason's marriage, as they're the product of what was once a living relationship. Medea feels like Jason's betrayed and soiled that marriage by taking a new wife, so she's out to destroy every last remnant of it. And if that means killing her kids and burning down her house, well, I guess that's what it means. And as mentioned before, the murder of the sons could also be symbolic of an act of feminine revolt. Medea is put under this male-dominated patriarchal, patriarchal society around her, banished by Creon, deserted by her husband. She could be seen as rebelling against the role of mother in which women are often trapped. That was also shown when she said herself that she would rather live and die in a battlefield fighting against enemies with a sword and shield rather than stay at home raising children and stuff like that. And obviously there's nothing wrong with being a mother. The problem comes with that all you're allowed to be. Also, it's probably no coincidence that Medea's final act of revolution is to kill two young boys. You can interpret the murder as the destruction of the next generation of potential oppressors. In the end, the slaughter of Medea's son seems to be a symbolic act of bloody resistance. And I'd have to say, this is definitely one of the more exciting Greek tragedies I've read. It keeps an excellent pace. The story's really compelling, especially the last act when Jason finds the bodies of his sons and he curses the gods and he curses Medea. And despite a few flaws, which I found to be flaws in her argument, and a couple of deus ex machinas along the way, I think this is definitely one of the better plays I've read in ancient Greek literature. And with that, I'll end this episode. Thank you guys very much for listening if you made it this far. I'm thinking of keeping these episodes as short as they are right now, about 12 to 15 minutes long. I don't want it to waffle on for too long and drag on a bit. I think keeping it nice, short and simple, you'd probably enjoy that much more. Uh, if not, be sure to text me on Instagram, at Thanocrates. If you guys have any thoughts on Medea, please show to text me them as well. And be sure to check out my website for some more articles on ancient Greek literature and things like that. And be sure to check the next podcast episode out. Bye.